Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back. Great to see you. Really appreciate you joining us and spending your time here. Super excited to have my friend Herbert Louis with me. Herbert's joining us from Hong Kong. Herbert, thank you so much for joining us. I know the time change is crazy, but we really appreciate you hanging out with us. Hi, Greg. Thanks so much. Uh, glad to be here. And if you're listening to this live or recording, um, thanks for listening. Right on. So give us a little bit of background. Tell me what you're into these days. Give us the origin story. How did you land where you are? Like, let's hear about, about your background. For sure. I mean, so I recently published this book, Creative Doing, and I, I think the background related to that is really, I, I always really loved reading since probably the day before I could read, um, if that makes sense. I remember like my parents would take me to um, chapters and indigo and Coles um, just as a treat on Saturdays. And we'd be there for a couple of hours and I just read a book in one sitting because I wasn't always sure if I could actually, if I would be allowed to buy a book. And so I'd be on the ground just reading. If I'm lucky, I could find a chair. And actually uh, I also remembered going with my parents to um, the libraries around Toronto. So back in the late 90s, the the maximum number of books you could borrow at any time was 50. And I know that because we hit 50 almost every trip. And so uh, it was, it's always been my, my interest in creativity and in writing always started with reading. And so that's really uh, a big part of what drove the rest of my life and all both personal and professional. Um, when I was around 14 or 15, I started uh, blogging online. And then that actually led me to my career in content marketing, which then just expanded to a career in marketing in general, um, and working with software companies and, uh, and folks like that on their content marketing. Which is exactly what all of us need to be doing so much of these days, it's it's incredible. The more of your ideas that you share at scale, even though it's sort of like giving away all your IP, giving away all of your all of your thinking basically for free on social media, the better my business does. It's so counterintuitive. So I'd love I'd love your take on on like the latest in content marketing and the latest in in creative doing your new book, which is awesome, by the way. And because I'm also massively interested in creativity. So it's the creativity behind creating content, which then gets shared at scale to generate uh, awareness. I'm just so super curious about your thoughts on all of that. For sure. So I'm happy to dive in. I think that with like creating content online for kind of like leading thinking or building a personal brand, that's definitely takes a lot of creativity and, and expression and even courage because you need to kick, click publish to share it. And you're not sure what everyone will think. So that can be that can be really, really rewarding and also challenging for some people. So I think that a lot of times what helps is actually to get started creating uh, and tapping back into your creative side without showing people yet. And so, I mean, I think one really great application for this is with reducing stress or, or um, improving personal wellness as well. So I think art therapy itself has been established as a form of therapy and it, it's very widely applied and recognized. Um, but even nowadays we're seeing creativity 
and wellness merge together in objects like journals with many different prompts and different structures, as well as adult coloring books. And that sounds silly. I don't know if you've heard it's of not, them. But... I've, 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 I have one. So, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you use it often? I do. And funny, my kids have one as well. Not an adult one, but we really love it. And it's one of the things that we do to kind of unwind and um, get into theta states and stuff like that. So I got into it a few years ago because I noticed that the number one sales, like the book on the number one rankings for like actual published hard copy, copy books was an adult coloring book. I was like, what is that all about? And then I figured it out. It's super awesome for decompressing. For sure. That's exactly it. And and so, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you've, you've tried it out. And it's super cathartic, as you mentioned. It's, I mean, I, I also had a chance to try it out. And I realized I hadn't, you know, before that, I hadn't colored anything with a coloring pencil for like probably a decade or maybe even more. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting how we're seeing this trend. And also, but really, it's not a trend. It's us going back to our childhoods almost and just redoing the things that we've been, we've kind of known how to do since since we were uh, we were very young. Yeah. I'm curious about courage and your thoughts on the courage to be creative or the courage to share. I think that's really interesting. I think that judgment destroys creativity and we live in an era where everything is judged in the number of likes that you get on anything that you post. And so if you have any shred of insecurity, it's brutal. And I think that creatives struggle with extrinsic validation and reward. Uh, So it's this weird balance where you have to not care about being judged and having the courage to put your work out into the world regardless. Uh, But you also mentioned art therapy where you don't have to put it out in the world. You just use it 100% intrinsically. Would love all of your thoughts on that. For sure. So I see the creative process almost like coming to sort of a close when a version of the work is complete. And each person can decide what that means. For some people, you know, if you and I are talking and we're talking about personal branding and leading thinking, then yeah, you got to you got to click publish for the process to be complete. But if you and I were talking about coloring books, then the process is complete when you're done coloring or maybe not even when you're done coloring when hey, I'm just done this section, I'm good. And I think in terms of courage, it's really interesting. I, I do think it takes courage to get started because mm-hmm. you hit it on the nose, judgment and even expectation of what other people might think. It's really what we think other people think gets in our own way sometimes. And I think one of the most interesting observations on creativity is that I think it's actually latent or dormant in everyone. And mm-hmm. it's just waiting to be unblocked. We have this like well of creativity, almost to use the metaphor. And we just got to like clear out the faucet almost in a way. And so, I mean, I want to ask you a question. Take it back to maybe like you're sitting in a classroom. The teacher is like super boring and you got this pen and paper in front of you. What do you do? Oh, you start doodling. I used to draw mountains with like airports inside. And yeah, like I I had quite the world created inside my brain that I would that I would do a lot if in the middle of class that caused a, a lot of problems when I was growing up. So yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's awesome. That sounds super, it's like, sounds like a beautiful like vision and it's very exciting, but I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know if we want to go there, but I'm definitely kind of curious and intrigued about what kind of trouble it might've caused. Was it the teacher saying, 
oh, you're drawing too much or what happened? Yeah, like, you pay attention and, um, you know, what are you doing? And that's not the assignment and all that sort of typical stuff, right? So it's, it's actually one of the things I've been pretty careful about doing with my kids is making sure that when they are doing anything creative that I don't judge it, right? And that I support it. And for Adam, it's, uh, we got Lego sets, but then we build a Lego set and then he tears it down and builds something completely different. And I'm like, oh, that's super awesome. I really liked the X-Wing fight, TIE fighter, whatever it was, the Star Wars thing we were building, but clearly it's something else now and that's totally fine, right? So yeah, but for me, it was definitely um, annoying to some teachers that I would go off into my own world and do my own thing when I was bored, which happened a lot, yeah. For sure. I mean, you hit it on the nose. Like I feel the same way, except for me, me and my friends, um, when we were, I mean, maybe it was, it might've just been me. I remember in second grade, I was like around seven years old, my family and I, we just watched Titanic, which might've been a questionable movie for a seven year old to watch, but I love drawing Titanic. Like I didn't love drawing the icebergs necessarily, but the Titanic was just this you know design wonder basically and so it was super fun to draw that four chimneys a lot of you know like i remembered the kind of like the shortcuts i would use to draw it and um and i'm so glad you also mentioned the teachers because that's what we learned throughout the years as well right is people whether it's i mean this is just what it takes to grow up in in our day and age it's like hey you stuff needs to get done and you need to learn or we need to learn or you know, even in the office, it's like, oh, this isn't a priority right now. And actually, mm -hmm. um, there's an excerpt from the book um, where, which my editor, Rachel Jepson, who's, you know, a, a very powerful organizing force for the book, had shown me. And it involves this, uh, this teacher, Professor Betty Flowers. And she was talking to her students about why it was so difficult for them to write sometimes. And the analogy she uses is inside each of us, there's really two forces. There's the judge and there's what she calls the madman. And really throughout the years, our judges get stronger and smarter throughout the years. You know, case in point is maybe when, you know, the teacher would say, hey, like, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. You got to focus. At some point, we all learn to we didn't have to be taught to start, but we all learned to stop being creative and to stop, you know, letting the madman get a little too, too much, get a little too much, like a lack of restraint, almost like too much freedom. Um, but the madman is really that chaotic side that we all um, kind of embodied as children. It's very childlike, very id and very driven by this chaotic creative energy. And we've learned to kind of constrain him, you know, maybe even put him away and, and like not show anyone so that next time we're in a meeting and we, you know, we don't want to say something that might make the boss look bad. Um, our judge is really in full effect. And so I think that for us, it's really, you know, when we talk about courage, it's really about um, having the courage to kind of like give the madman a bit of space and a bit of fresh air and to have the judge and the madman work together and learn to become friends. And really when that happens and there's that harmony, that's when something really interesting will happen in the process. I mean, I mean, you know, we use the words judge and madman, but really you could probably say the judge is the conscious mind and the mm. madman is the unconscious mind. Interesting. How where I am sensitive to time and I try to keep these as short as I possibly can, but I do have one last question and it's really important because earlier you mentioned that there's a link between creativity and well-being, which I totally agree with. So if we're going to help people improve their well-being, 
improve their wellness, access creativity. What are some things we can do to unblock it? You mentioned sort of like, you know, cleaning out the pipes, shall we say, of our, our creativity. How do we get started? How do we spark our creativity? For sure. So I had a couple prompts actually in mind that I wanted to mention. One of the first things is to actually choose the creative operation. That's like literally from like the first chapter of the, the first, I think, prompt in the first chapter of the book, which is just to actually pick something creative to actually do. It could be drawing, it could be writing, it could be anything you can think of. But really the next step and one of the prompts later is about relinquishing results. And so in our professional lives, how many times have you heard this? It's results oriented, right? Produce results, it's all about results. And really in this, uh, I think with creativity, you need to create a safe space and learn to relax and actually allow your unconscious mind to take over. And to let go of results is really the first step in doing that. And actually related to your conversation, I think it was aired two weeks ago with Mike, um, making time to play is also one of the prompts from this book. I think that making time to just reintroduce fun into your life and into your creative operation is really important. I think that eventually it should get to the point where you don't even need too much discipline to do it. It's almost like the best part of your day. So why would you not want to do it? Yeah, that's awesome. And when it is fun, when you enjoy it, when you love it, it's easy to program in, right? For for me on that note, like what I'm trying to do is to spend more time doing physical activities that I absolutely love, paddleboarding, cycling, whatever, right? And if it so happens I have to go to I go to the gym, you see my language betrays me. If I have to go to the gym, I will go to the I will go to the gym, but I'd much rather be out on my paddleboard. So I just do do that. And it's funny enough, when I'm out on my paddleboard, rhythmic repetitive movements out on the water without my phone that's when creative creative ideas pop into my brain. And so I definitely think there's something around all of that. Herbert, if people want to learn more about the book and get in touch with you and connect with you on social, where can they do that? For sure. So um, if you want to read the book, you can find it a digital version of the book at my publisher, Holloway. So holloway.com slash the letter CD. So holloway.com slash CD, or just type in creative doing in Amazon. Um, and if you want to find my work, I actually am still blogging. So it's herbertloy.net, my first name, my last name, uh, .net. And I have a newsletter where I recommend three really great books every month. So you just click the newsletter at the top of the website. And I'm also available for consulting and workshops. So looking forward to connect. Awesome. Thanks so much, but I really appreciate it. Great to reconnect here. And we're literally on opposite sides of the world right now. So it's uh, pretty incredible that technology enables us to do that. And congrats on the great book. And I am really looking forward to everyone's feedback on what they think of it. So really appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much, Greg.